this November, the father of TNA action films is back. So grab your ticket and get ready for a B-movie extravaganza. And by B, we mean boobs, bombs, bazookas, and bros. And if that wasn't enough, there's a big ass snake. Get ready to punch your ticket hard for a hard ticket to Hawaii. Rated PG-13. Now I'm joking, it's rated R. You're in the middle of the road, jackass. Can you tell me where cornbread is? Turkeys! Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Turkey Fest Talking Trash. Talking Trash. Where we're going to be talking another turkey that we absolutely love for this November special. <laughs> and that movie is Joe's Pick of Heart Ticket to Hawaii. Yes, there's a theme song. <laughs> two, two theme songs. Yes. Oh, God, yes, this is my pick. And this movie is uh, written and directed by Andy Sedaris, who has a uh, slew of these um, babes, bombs, bazookas, basically girls, guns, and whatever. Yeah, they have a couple names for this uh, series of movies that he's made. Yeah. Yeah. And this this movie is from 1987 and stars the very beautiful Donna Spear and Hope Marie Carlton. You think they know who we are? How many women fly around Molokai in a cargo plane? One, Kimasabi. I'm getting out of here. And, uh, and a bunch of other and a dudes. A bunch that of are dude bros. <laughs> that are, like, yeah, that think they're something really, like, hot, but, you know. So much to talk about with this one. Yeah. Um, yes. Let me just say right off the bat Andy Sidaris, if you don't know who this man is, he got famous from being a NFL producer of these things oh. and he would get all the camera stuff and he's i think known for a i think they called it the honey shot where he started cutting from the game to cheerleaders mm-hmm. to get men even more excited for it so he just really doubled down on the idea of tna i'm not i'm not a sports we're person. not sports people did you know i'm into comic books though no i didn't um know yeah i just wanted you to know uh, so yeah, he got really, really popular for that, and he decided to go into the film industry, and he decided to, with his wife, who was his co-producer and everything, to just start doing that in movie style. Yeah, pretty and, much. Yeah. Like, just um, putting on um, the screen a lot of eye candy and, um, you know, beautiful women and hot dudes and uh, just make it all action. Just yeah. all action. There's... The, yeah, closest thing you can think of to a softcore porno. Yes. With awesome action. Mm-hmm. This is one of those films in particular that if I, have, if I had seen this when I was a teenager, this would be the best movie I had ever <laughs> seen in my life. Yeah, there's gratuitous 
gratuitous nudity. Yeah. I mean, beautiful over women, the top. wall to wall, naked, beautiful women. Yes. It would have blown my uh, teenage mind. Yes, it, it was. It's uh, also they're they're very likable women as well too. Like they, there's nothing to not like about these women. They're fun. Yeah. They're beautiful. They're badass. They kick all sorts of ass in this movie. Yeah. Um. And you know. Andy Sedaris is known for like using, um, you know, Playboy playmates, like playmate mm-hmm. of the year and stuff in his movies, which is smart because, you know, everybody wants to see someone, you know, beautiful, like have eye candy on screen, yeah. kicking ass, and that's exactly what you get in his movie. Well, let me ask you this, Joe. Mm-hmm. Why did I have to suffer with Hocus Pocus as my movie? <laughs> well, I'm sure that the hard ticket to Hawaii was not being shown in the hospitals at that time. I mean, yeah, I had to be stuck with Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker and not. Hope, what's her name? Hope Marie Carlton. Hope Marie Carlton yeah. and Donna Spear. So, like, I, I, I feel for you. I really do. But you know what? I think you would have had a whole new medical problem if that movie had been playing. I might have been the- a whole other man <laughs> than the scarred, shy human being yeah, that well, I became. You definitely would not have married me because I could never live up to those beautiful women. I'm sorry. They're just flawless. You're so, flawless. Stop. So, anyway. You're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about it during this movie. You're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna hear it during this podcast. But uh... no. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, guys. Um, <laughs> this movie is absolutely the funnest this of is... all of Andy Sedaris's movies. Without now, I just want to put this out there. This is, I believe, the second in his movies. Yes, his first one is one of the worst things I had ever sat through in my life. It's called Malibu, <laughs> Malibu Express. Express. It is just horrendous. Yeah. It is. It has none of what we like about this movie in it. It's just got the TNA, yeah, but and nothing else is fun. Over the top TNA because it was lacking any kind of plot. Yeah. Now this movie, okay. Yeah, look so, at that poster and don't and just feel. Yeah. The. Uh, oh, a dupe. <laughs> I feel like a dupe. Uh, no, no, uh, uh, false advertising. Yeah, the poster false for Miami uh, Malibu Express is so amazing. And you get none of that awesome. Yeah. I mean... But this movie, on this the other movie, hand... This movie, I mean, the plot alone is, for this movie is absolutely absurd, okay? So you got these two beautiful women. They know how to do everything, okay? Everything. They can fly planes. They can shoot guns. They can kick ass. Um, they're amazing. Amazing. So they're like agents. They're like drug drug enforcement agents, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm well, trying no, to figure not out. Not really. They're, they're trying to be. They're for... trying. They're actually just pilots who bring vacationers to the island. One of them secretly on the side works for the agency. Yes. One of them doesn't. Drug enforcement agents can't afford to get soft. I'm supposed to be soft. I'm a woman. If it wasn't for this arrangement, you'd be a dead woman. At least while I testified against the mob in Vegas, they threatened to kill me quickly. You're taking your time. Look, Terrence. You didn't make such a bad deal with our witness protection program. Well, at least I'm in the island. <laughs> right. One of, them, one of them is just a civilian. And they have a lot of attachments to the agency on this island. Yes, yes. So uh, <laughs> there's a, there's obviously this, this plot is very basic. It's very generic. So you got a bad guy. He's trafficking diamonds to this island on a remote control helicopter. Oh, well, well and are then, you already well, doing this? Are you doing the synopsis? No, this going is into just, the plot? no, this is just synopsis. Oh. And then things just go really fucked up from there. Okay. <laughs> you're giving it so much more of a generous synopsis. You're like, I mean, them. like, no, the real plot of this is 
two beautiful women get caught up in some kind of uh, bad problem <laughs> on an island, and all hell breaks loose, and there's a secret subplot of a killer snake. <laughs> if that doesn't sound incredible, I don't know what else there's you could be sold on, people. Snake. I really don't know. Uh, there's a killer snake subplot in this movie. Yeah. This, wild, uh, wild beyond imagination. Yeah. So let's just break this sucker down okay, as we do on Talking Trash yes. and tell everybody this plot by beat by beat and just say, hey, maybe we could figure this out as we talk it out because we love this movie. Let's just put it out there. Okay. We love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. This is why I chose this movie because this movie is so, it's, it's, it's bad and brilliant at the same time. It, it is amazing. It's still not like the best bad movie. I, I, you know what's funny? Watching it on this rewatch again to do this, I think it may be a little lesser, but still great. Well, because we've seen it a bunch of times. I've seen it times. a lot of times. So, you know, we already know, but um, it's still hilarious, some of these scenes. I mean, just, I was laughing my ass off again, because I always laugh at that scene. Yeah. But there's, right, it's, so okay, so. Let's just jump in. So first off, in. this movie starts off with two Hawaiian cops, and they're getting off the boat, and the one Hawaiian cop is telling the other one, if you follow my lead, you're going to get through this perfectly. I'm about to retire in three months. Everything's great. Yep. They walk up on the beach, and all of a sudden they see an entire group gang looking like they're closing up camp but there's also just a dude that looks like every 80s douchebag rich guy you've ever seen in any movie with sunglasses and a machine gun and he's just checking up the vibes you know he's got the blonde hair the polo with the thing up this is hawaii he's fully dressed like a dweeb in like a rich dweeb in any college movie yeah he's got the machine gun and they're automatically like something bad's happening here and so they're like, well, we got to go back. We got we to gotta go back to the island. And what's really funny is the one cop said, should we bring the gun? And it's like a full on, it looks like a gun in a case. It almost looks like a bazooka in one, in one shot. But he's like, no, we can leave the gun. Everything's going to be fine. So they've run back to go to the boat and get the gun and go back and call the cops. When a tripwire seems to shoot up and hang them upside down. Yeah. And then that dude, bro. And his two henchmen, which is one guy with a really large blonde mustache, and another guy who is like a Hawaiian local who's got a Hawaiian shirt on, and they walk up, and they're like, ha, 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 and they just unload shotguns into the two people hanging there. And all they're doing, the two people hanging there, keep going, no, no, as their <laughs> their bl- halls are blown through them. That's it. That's the way to go. Throw those two guys in their boat through the shredder and feed them to the fish. No. Yes. And they're DEA agents, those two guys. They are? Yes, they are. Are you sure? Yes. I thought they were just two local cops. No, they are drug enforcement agents. And... um, Mind is blown. I know, they're drug enforcement agents, so obviously they have to be taken out because there's something really sinister going on on this island. And they they don't want anybody to know that they're there. Then, right from these gunshots, we cut to the best opening montage ever, which is a warehouse of boxes being loaded. 
and each box is the title card. Oh, it's the best. It's the best opening. To it's a movie. hilarious. We actually just kept saying. You gotta move along. Come on, people, because this one guy is telling everybody to go work faster. Yep. All right, let's go. Come on. Come on. Let's go. You can do better than that. Derek, you hurry up, please. Another career. During the title sequence, and I was like, we gotta hurry up. We gotta get that title card ready. Get it up. Get it already. They got uh, forklifts. They're moving it. And at the same time, there is a box that's on one side is really fragilely left open with slots. Mm -hmm. And it says, contagion, dangerous, snake inside. <laughs> and we are getting the title cards and we're also getting a, a theme song. Yes. Well, not the theme song yet. This is actually not, not the, the theme, theme song, song. But we're getting a fun little, you know, like, like I don't know like how to explain the music here. Like a little opening, like '80s, just generic. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a little bit of like a Hawaiian vibe. Yeah, it's so like you really know, like that fun. This movie could be fun, but you yeah. know that all hell's gonna break loose. Yeah. that kind of a song. And so this guy's just the foreman here. It's just like, come on, people, come on, get it done. And the title cards are flipping over. The title cards keep showing. The title cards are all like paper stuck on boxes. Yeah. And even one guy has a um, a file. And he's flipping the pages. And on they're it in all front like the us. names of the it's actors. Like, I love that opening. I it's love kind of it. Great. It's so great, like to have all the actors on the car, uh, all the names of the actors in the cargo boxes as they're going by on the forklifts they're and ship, stuff. Yeah, they're shipping and the them shipping and they're containers. Them up. And it, it's just so cool. I love that opening. Yeah. yeah. What's happening? Oh, hello, Bill. See what you can do over here, please. These guys are just waiting for their lunch break. Lunch? You just come over coffee break. We're setting up this fragile case with a snake in it. Which is... A danger. It says danger contagious. Yeah, obviously it's it's not your normal run-of-the-mill snake. We get a we get a fast freeze frame of the snake... Well, f not freeze frame, but a fast movement of the snake into the camera's shot. Uh, and it looks like someone has a hand puppet on. Yeah. Of it's, the snake. It's they, not they the also, worst fake snake I've ever seen, but it's not the best either. Oh, it's... It's bad. It's bad. And it's like they put <laughs> some Vaseline all over it to make it look wet. Oh, yeah. It's just... It was... Yeah, uh, it's and, it, and it looks into the camera. Now, first off, the head on this thing is giant. It's huge. And this is a small container. And so we're saying if the head is this big, mm -hmm. there's a giant python, like anaconda. This yeah. is what this looks like. And there's no way it fits in this crate. No, no way. And it also looks like it would break this crate in a heartbeat. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. So they're it just moving huge. this nonchalantly. It says contagion on it, I forgot. Yeah, things. nobody's worried or and you know, they're just putting their hands like next to it and everything yeah. by lifting it and, and yeah, no one's worried. During the title scene, the forklift operator keeps knocking the 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 deadly snake cage and it knocks off the contagion sticker. Yes. Okay. So then we cut to our two lead women. Yes, our two um, our two protagonists are our our heroines. Yes, um, Donna and Taryn, which are both they're so beautiful and fun. They're wearing like a safari one piece that is also <laughs> booty shorts on the end of it. It is it's, up their cracks. It's what it's called a romper. Okay, so that's what they're wearing. Hey, help me out here. It's I'm a romper, the, uh, the and it's a one piece the, the ladies know what a romper is it's a one piece like shorts most of the time yep. and it's just you have to literally take the whole thing down to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. it's just one piece and it's like unbuttoned on the front unbuttoned on the front sleeveless yes yes uh, and women in the 80s don't wear bras um so yes they don't wear bras well they don't have to because 
they don't have anything they have to hold up. Well, these suckers are jumping out like torpedoes. They're just jumping out. I mean, they're... the whole movie is full of like rocks. Yeah, on it's crazy. It's they're insane. they're huge. So so you cut to these two, Donna and Taryn. They're um, operatives for the agency, well, which well, one, of them, one of them is called Molokai Cargo. So they have a plane that they charter uh, tourists and they take over the tourists to the island, and you know that's pretty much their thing. I think we open on them getting ready and dressed. Yeah, they were getting. I think they're ready. automatically naked. Yeah, from from minute one. Yeah, in their fact, their boobs are out. One of them's um, in a bikini on the beach, and like I think they're she's like fixing up the plane, their little plane, the cargo yeah. plane. And the other one comes off the beach and automatically gets naked to take a shower in front of the other girl outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just from minute one, there's just boobs all, yeah. everywhere. They are hired by, um, I guess, the Molokai. Which is this warehouse that we set up in the beginning yeah. with the foreman. That's the warehouse that had the foreman and the deadly snake as you know coming in. Um, they're hired to take this couple, this newly married yeah. couple, to the island. <laughs> they get to the airport, and the first thing the foreman says is, "We got, we got a couple. We got new two newlyweds and a snake." Yes, but we have a snake that's just going to the wildlife habitat on the island. On the island. So this is a normal snake. They're supposed to be taking a normal, you know, everyday snake to the habitat, um, I guess, sanctuary that's on the island. Yes. But instead, Donna and Taryn are given the wrong snake. And Mm -hmm. because the contagion sticker falls off the other crate, they're given the contagious snake. And then they take the, the couple, the newlyweds. Mm-hmm. On their little sea, their little four seater, four and they fly them on this gorgeous fly, like flying through the the mountains and everything. They're gonna bring them to a secluded island for them to camp, and mm-hmm. right under their buns, in the cargo spot, is the deadly snake. Yep, unbeknownst to everybody involved. In yeah, this they just think they're transporting a regular snake. And this is where we get the theme song, which is what I hummed, I sung, sang a little bit in the beginning. But the song tells us right off the bat. This is important because the song tells us it's a beautiful place, but not always. It's, <laughs> it's not all rough, what it seems. A little rough and tumble. It's a little, <laughs> some stuff's going to happen here because you got to punch the hard ticket. Yeah, you got to punch the hard ticket to, to Hawaii. Hawaii. It's beautiful. It's yes. beautiful. So they... I love it so much. And, it, and the shots here? Are gorgeous. They get oh, beautiful shots absolutely. of the mountains. They're flying around. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, they're 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 gorgeous shots. I mean, everything in this movie is beautiful. Yeah. It really is. Um, so they, you know, they fly, they land, and they drop those the couple off, and the couple's like, "Is it secluded?" Yeah. Yep. Good, because we like to be alone with nature. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Okay, we don't know you or care about you, but thanks for giving us that. Awesome. Um, so this then, is like overdub, by the way. That's like overdub dialogue, oh, yeah. dialogue putting in there. And uh, so, the snake is the snake getting is, loose as they're walking on the island. Well, not really, because it it's still on the plane, isn't it? It gets out. It gets out, okay. Yeah, so, it, you know what? You're right. I don't even know how that happens. It doesn't It doesn't get loose on the beach. So the snake is technically... It gets loose later on, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, so that doesn't make any the snake is sense still, Yeah, no, it's on the cargo plane. They never unload that snake until they get back to the airport. So they take the, the couple to the island, and then they go to the airport that's on the island. Actually, it gets loose at their house. Okay, you know what? You're right, because now that really blows my mind, thinking about this plot, because what happens later on... 
No. That's really baffling. What happens is they get back to the airport after dropping the couple off. Then they, they go to the airport and the they're moving the, the cargo crates again and they knock the snake off of the... Nope. And it gets loose. That's no, they it gets never loose. contact them because the foreman figures it out really early on. Holy crap, did you guys pack the wrong snake? I gotta call somebody about this. So he keeps trying to call the airplane. But the problem is they're on the, the that beach. And they're not there on the, phone, the, on the uh, CB radio to hear them. So they're bringing those newlyweds over. But exactly at that same time they're bringing the newlyweds, we see a James Bond villain on a yacht. And he's got a cane. This guy looks like a James Bond villain. He looks exactly like uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Howell. And he is dressed exactly like him. But he's got a cane and a British accent. Yeah. And, also, of course, yeah, his name is Wong. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. And his <laughs> well, name is Wong. He's he was from, raised. Yes, from London. And his mother was Chinese. They said that he was raised. They have a whole speech about this I to forget. make it make sense. So it doesn't matter because he uses his cane. Now, there's a guy loading up a toy RC helicopter. Yeah, it's pretty badass, actually. It's huge. I love it. And he's loading it up, and he's like, uh, I feel really weird sending this out all the time. Once we load this up and send it out, I feel like we're going to get caught. And Mr. Howell, Mr. Wong, says, <laughs> uh, you get too nervous. And he flips a top of his cane and presses it. And somehow flies the helicopter yeah, to the island. with just a button. Don't understand this. Nope. There's no visible shot of what they're flying toward. There's no any of that. There's no controlling. It just goes to the island. And exactly the same time it gets to the island, our two lead actresses see it. And they go, what is that? Oh, my God, it's coming right for us. You can see it's a helicopter. And you can see it's an RC helicopter of some yeah. sort. And they're like, oh, my God, what is it? It's coming. Oh, and it lands right in front. It landed right in front of us. What is this? <laughs> so they, they say, hey, there's a little door. So they open the little door and they find three cases of what looks like drugs. We don't know what it is until a little bit later. But uh, right at that same moment, the two people who are supposed to pick it up, which are the two henchmen, the guy with the terrible mustache and the other Hawaiian gentleman in the Hawaiian outfit. And... They show up and they're like, hey, hey, well, that pisses off our two lead actresses. Yeah. So much so that one has ready to go nunchucks, <laughs> throws them and hits perfectly with a nunchuck, hits the mustache guy right in the head. Yeah, because she's amazing and she could do everything. But the other one, she has, we never talked about this too. They have boots. High boots. Okay, so they're both wearing the same exact outfit yes. and the same exact boots. Now, this is the romper. Rompers? The romper with the high, like what appears to be like cowboy boots. Cowboy but boots. like, I guess safari cowboy boots. They, that's what they look like to me. Well, but the, one of them, who's you know, Donna. Yeah, you know what you got in your cowboy boot. Yeah. Always. I always carry a throwing star. Throwing star. And I got to tell you, she would have cut her freaking ankle oh open God. if that was in her. There's a lot boot. of running, too. And there's a lot of running. She throws a throwing star at the other henchman, and it hits him in the chest. And he acts like he's been murdered. Yes. It hurts, but he falls to the ground, and he's like, done. I don't know if this would necessarily incapacitate him. Especially given the size of this man. Yes. Like, it's probably just like, you know, someone, you know, stuck it's a gonna go in. in him. It's gonna go in, but it's yeah. not gonna, it's not deep enough to kill you. No, he didn't die. He doesn't die from it. He falls to the ground like in severe pain and they run over to gather their instruments of destruction. They take the nunchucks back and the throwing star out of him and they knock him over the head again and instead of like 
arresting them or handcuffing them or tying them up or beating them up. They just run off and they said, we got to tell people. Yeah. yeah. And at that same time, they had taken the three, well, two of the, what looked like three boxes and they ran and they couldn't, the two henchmen can't get under, after them, but they said, let's go see if they got everything from the helicopter. So they run over the helicopter. Exactly when they get to the helicopter, it takes off and leaves them. <laughs> and he's like, oh God, I really don't want to tell Seth about this. Right? <laughs> and we don't know what the hell is going on with that. Yeah, we, we have don't know no who idea. Seth is. We don't know what's going on there. So uh, when did they get, the, when did Donna get the call about the snake? They don't, they don't actually ever get the call for way later. Yes. Because, because the guy's trying to contact them. So they get back in their plane and they leave. Now, okay, they have just been attacked by two people with guns. Mm-hmm. And they left two newlyweds on the same island as the two yes, thugs they with did. the guns. Yes, they, they did. And they didn't think twice about it. They got in their airplane and they left. Right. Yep. So they flew back and they, they, they land at home. They never go to the uh, runway. They go back to their house where they were in the opening. And which is really strange because they seem to live together. But when they walk in the house, Donna has yeah. never seen the posters on the walls. Yeah, which on the wall, mind you, is are the a, movies from. Is Andy Sedaris's movie? It's Malibu Express, <laughs> and they say that Malibu Express is, exists in the same world. But the character from Malibu Express became an actor and made a movie about the first movie. Yes, which was in. This whole thing, all of his movies take place in the same universe. Yeah, they're all in the same universe. They use the same people, sometimes as different people. Even the villains get reused. Yeah. Even if they get killed, they come back as another villain. Yeah. He doesn't, he didn't think people would notice. So. I don't think he even cared. He didn't because he thought everybody was looking at boobs. He well, really didn't they think. They were. Yeah, true. But I guess we noticed. So. I mean. It tells a lot about me. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> well. So things get complicated now. Well, they sit down in their house and then they open up that thing and it turns out to be diamonds. Yep. They were transporting diamonds. I think they were paying with diamonds to, I think they were smuggling diamonds or they either were using it to get drugs. Yeah. Or some I, kind of deal between Mr. Howell and the villains. Mr. Howell. Seth. Um, yeah. Seth, as we've been told. Well, this is where everything's like, okay, now it's going to be crazy, right? Because the two henchmen have to go tell Seth, hey, we screwed up. But before we can get that, we keep going back to a a place called Eddie's. Or is it Edie's? Edie's. We love Edie's. So we keep going to Edie's. Edie's is a subplot here. We keep jumping to Edie's. And we see that before I think they arrived home to look at the diamonds, we get a cut of people in Edie's. And we got a douchey guy at the front desk who hits on every woman that walks in oh charlotte baby where have you been i haven't seen you for a while i'm just a working girl this joint's too expensive for me hey you can eat my joint anytime for free that makes me want to turn into a vegetarian in the most sexual things the you most can ever disgusting hear. way yeah. the most disgusting way and we get more badass women mm -hmm. telling him to go screw off and yep one of those women comes in and is an actress, and she has a meeting with a TV producer, and it turns out the TV producer is Andy Sidaris. Yeah, and he's in his own movie. She sits down, she says to him, Charlotte, Charlotte, thank goodness you've decided to come. Charlotte, I'm not just some fast-talking New York television director. I care for you a great deal. Trust me, Charlotte. You practically raped me last night. That was last night, Charlotte. This is today. I care for you, Charlotte. I care for your mind. I don't care about your body anymore. I'm not into that. You practically raped me last night. 
Oh, yeah, but that was last night. This is a different day. That's what he says. Oh, honey, honey, that was last night. This is today. Oh, my God. Honey, honey, you're the only one. I care about your mind. I I don't care about your... I'm not about sex. (laughs) I care about your mind. And then a waitress comes over with her boobs out, almost, and he... She says, do you want to order anything? And he's staring at her boobs, and he says... May I help you? I'll have a pair of coffee. <laughs> it's the most perverse. He's the most perverse person. But what is this subplot? Like, what is this? We don't need to know okay, about so this. Okay, so Edie owns the restaurant that's on the island. Yeah, but she's she, not in this scene. She comes in right after all that happens. Yes. We but, don't need to know those characters at all that I just talked about. No, those people are just, you know, There's they're, some they're kind there of for like subplot. some kind of like... Uh, you know, what do you, comic relief in a way, I guess. Like, he thinks it's funny to be that perverted and disrespectful to women. Well, she, because... he's, like, begging her to, like, be with him and also be his lead actress. And that he's not sexually perverted, but he is. Okay, yeah. he totally And is. then Edie walks in, the owner of the bar. And she has a meeting with someone else. I don't really know what that... I mean, that comes in later on. There's also a bartender mm-hmm. being set up who's watching everything that's happening here yeah oh. like it doesn't really have a lot of dialogue we just see that person on the phone all the time um you well, know she's got a listening device and listening she's listening device. to everything Edie yeah. does so something with Edie is happening and she wants that person wants to be you know in you know knowing what what's what's going on with Edie. yeah so we also get a cut of two douchebags doing some kind of karate training on a boat now these are not douchebags excuse me oh, they they're... are Operatives, they are agents, and they are. There are main characters as well. There, they they know martial arts. Oof. They are very, um, you know, beefy. These guys, beefcakes. Oh yeah. They um they look like they, they are have all great bodies. Porno actors, and they have yeah. So they have great bodies, but every time they open their mouths, you want to punch them. Well, yeah. Did you see these hands? These hands are lethal weapons. Oh really? Confucius say, man with deadly hands must be very careful while slapping on aftershave. They are awful. And the fact that women love them is baffling to me. I mean, you know, it's really about the two our two leads oh without a doubt if they're on screen they they're they're, they're, that's all we care about so yeah we get we get in a lot of setups now with the characters and those two are saying some kind of sexist thing to each other as they're laughing about you know their women and one of them is talking about how he's involved with donna yes yeah so we know something's going on here so but donna and uh what's her name tara tara taryn taryn Mm -hmm. donna and taryn have found out about the uh drug the diamonds and they say you know what we really could use uh, to think about this to, we could really use a nice spa section to go think about these diamonds. yeah let's you know what let's just go in the hot tub and just think things out so cut to another gratuitous um scene of just breasts and you these know they're just looking at diamonds looking naked at diamonds, together naked together hanging out i know you know i gotta say i i, I think i said this to you earlier that like i really don't have a female like a friend that i would be that comfortable with just letting my girls out you know sitting in a in a hot tub nakey like that like i don't have that comfort I with like nakey anybody like 
I mean, I just couldn't do that. Like, I don't know. I, I But these girls are very comfortable with each other. Obviously, yes. they're they're both like playmates and they're all naked for a living. So, you yeah. know, whatever. And, but, that's, and that's what this movie really is. I mean, it's really about that. Yeah. But and you so, know what? The, they're great at, you know, not just having their, you know, not just having their boobs out and stuff, but they're great <laughs> at, you know, they're. It sounded like you were talking about their boobs. You're like, their boobs are out. They're great. I mean, their boobs are great. I mean, they're beautiful, but, you know, at the same time, they're likable. Like I said, they're, these two girls are likable. They're cute. And you, you're you rooting for them. You are. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. I think they're they're adorable. So, so yeah. really funny is uh, Donna Spears in real life was wasted during the filming of this movie. <laughs> she said she's appalled by her acting. Really interesting fact and. uh you're probably thinking right off the bat that Andy Sidaris was some kind of pervert who was trying to sleep with all these women or was secretly sleeping with these women. But his wife worked on this movie with him. That doesn't mean he's not sleeping but with them. But he also is such a stand-up guy that he supported Donna Spears into sobriety. So he, on the set, she was so intoxicated, she thought, I'm appalled by my acting. I'm embarrassed by that movie because I, I don't even know what happened during it. And she, uh, he actually helped her and brought her back for more movies and so she could keep up. And he drove her to AA meetings. He had well, a, a, a like a limo ready to drive her to AA meetings to support her. That's beautiful. Really, I mean, really cool. The uh, husband and wife took care of her. But he used this. Donna Spear in other movies too. She kept so coming back they after were, this. They were friends. You know, they became close. On I, this movie set, yeah. yeah. He said, we love you. We want to make sure you're okay. And we want to keep putting you in these movies. She was shocked. Yeah. So she kept coming back. She became... Like a star in these movies with her. And that's which great. is amazing. But you can really tell she is slurring. She's delivering lines very comically. She's always wearing sunglasses, big sunglasses. She's like trashed. You, yeah. can, you can tell. I mean, I and feel like everybody in this movie is on cocaine at some point anyway. <laughs> I mean, you, you would think watching this movie that everybody's doing something. Oh, the for sure. Scenes. I mean, they're, they're, I'm picturing. Okay, so when you watch this movie, you're, you got to just picture like, okay, the, everyone on this set was just having a big orgy and yeah. like a drug fueled like party. And you, you it would was, think it was. It just looks like they all came from like the Playboy Mansion, yep. and they're all just on coke, and they're all just banging each other. And the fact that uh, Hugh Hefner, or you know somebody else like that, Larry Flynn or somebody, wasn't involved in these movies, like, I know. you would think that they would be. you think that this would be huge for celebrating or using uh, Playmates. Yeah, especially since Edie, her name is Edie Brimhall, she, I'm sorry, Cynthia Brimhall, mm-hmm. She played Edie. Edie. She was the um, Playmate of the Year in 1985. There you go. So they, you all know, these women seem to be, yeah. at one time or another, were Playmates, right? Yeah, and, and they're all so, they're, they're beautiful. And you know what? Their acting is, is pretty decent, I mean, for a movie like this, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's bad dialogue, so everything that is being delivered is kind of fun. So yes, it doesn't well, even matter. They like, did the best of with what they were given. Oh, absolutely. You know? But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this movie is, I, I mean, this, from... The opening just set out to be just TNA, big guns, fight scenes, and it just looked like a coke-fueled party. Yeah. And um, and we just keep meeting. We keep meeting these characters, too. We keep meeting, like, new characters who are all sexual or, or involved. Like, they're, that's their whole plot. Like, yeah. every character wants to have sex, is beautiful, and showing off their bodies. Like, every character, that seems to be... A giant part of who they are yeah it, it is really really yeah. wild like, i mean so okay so getting back to the two of them in the jacuzzi we we get about a maybe a one and a half minute scene of them talking about the diamonds naked in the jacuzzi and then I, they get out 
and one the... of them is always talking in like some kind of bad pun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's she's adorable. So every time she does say stuff like that, it's so cringeworthy and yeah. and also kind of like endearing at the Karen, same time. Karen, yeah, she she's the best. She's she's, the best. she's great. But um so... <laughs> she's the she's the one that chucked a, nim- a nunchuck at someone's head at, when they have a gun out. Um, that's brilliant. First off, yeah, the fact she that just carries them the around. I mean, she carries nunchucks the, the nunchucks around like with her. I it's, love it. It's crazy. I think they contact their the other guys and say, "Hey, we we found out that this is happening." Yes. Now the other guys being the the dude bros that are on you know that are doing the martial arts on the boat. And one of them is with Donna, and, and one of dating. them is dating Donna. Um, and then there's another one with a ponytail. It kind of looks like Steven Seagal. We find out later that he's involved with Edie. That's his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we find that out, which is insane. But so, yeah, I think they contact them to, we, we have to meet up. We have to talk about what's going on. And at that exact same time, I think the foreman is still trying to reach out to them. Yes, the foreman he, of the delivery of he the- He cannot get a hold of them. Yes, because the snake, we find out um, from him- is, oh, oh well, well, I think that's when he calls them and finally gets them on the phone. Yeah, he finally gets them on the phone and he calls them and says, the snake that we gave you was the wrong snake. The snake that you were transporting <laughs> is... I want you to listen carefully to everything I have to say. Okay? We had a snake delivered here for the Department of Health. Now that snake has been infected by deadly toxins from cancer-infested rats. It's a very dangerous snake. It'll kill anybody it comes in contact with. You have the wrong snake. You hear me? The wrong snake. And now this snake is highly deadly and, and contagious. contagious. And so it ate rats that were, like, you know, sick. And so now... It was being sent snake... to some kind of lab on the island? Yeah, so it was being sent to an, a lab on the island to be um, examined. Because it only has a short lifespan because of its cancer-ridden genes. Yeah, so they needed to get that, that snake to the lab so they can examine it and test on it and stuff before it just croaked. So This is great. And this is <laughs> this is now what happens. <laughs> so they're calling their boyfriends and like, we got to meet up and we got to talk about something. We have... We, we've witnessed something. we got to call the agency. we got to get some stuff done. And right at that time, the house gets invaded by two guys wearing extremely tight pantyhose on their faces. But we can see their entire faces. One's a girl. Yeah. Oh, one of them one is, is a what, girl. You're right. One of them is like there's a bodybuilder villain. Yep. That's right. I forgot about and that. And she yeah. also is very attractive and she has like a perfect body. So she, everybody in this movie she ha- must is have perfect. Been, she must have been some kind of like like bodybuilding champion at the time or something. I don't yeah. Who knows? The other actor though, he's so bad. Like his dialogue reading is so hilarious. I mean, bad. yeah, terrible. They it's come terrible. in there and they jostle around the two women who are wearing... I think the same outfits again, virtually short shorts with ha- half cut shirts. Yeah. Well, Donna's wearing like a little like tiny, tiny blue shorts and like um, a swimsuit top, a white swimsuit top oh, that's with right. like a little shirt over it. Yeah, it's kind of like tied in the middle or but something. But Taryn is clearly wearing a cut at the tits, um, like tank top. Full hanging out. White and it's completely. I mean, all you have to do is just move her, and her boob is which just they do hanging out over and over. They jostle yeah. her around, so, and they are beating them up, telling them where are the diamonds. Now, uh, Taryn, Taryn, she put, put them, them in the refrigerator, the, the freezer. In the she freezer, says, yeah. What do you do with ice? You put them in the freezer. 
That's what she says. Because, you know, diamonds are yeah. called ice. Ice. They're... Uh, and then uh so they come in and jostle where are the diamonds where are the diamonds they're jostling them all around the house we don't have them we don't have them they said right at that exact same time seth the character of seth is standing outside his car waiting for them to come back out with the diamonds and that's when the snake busts out of the airplane and hisses at him and he screams bloody murder and shoots at the snake the snake goes off into what it looks like is supposed to be a sewer hole, a yes, manhole cover. But it open. is literally it is a, trash, a can. trash can that was stuck in a hole that Someone they made in the, the ground. ground. Yeah. It was amazing. The lid <laughs> is completely a Rubbermaid trash can. It lid. is clearly, yes. Yeah, so it's like a makeshift sewer. <laughs> the snake goes into that and Seth is screaming. So the two guys say, you got lucky. And they run out of the house to go save Seth. The two girls grab sh- uh, handguns or, or, or weapons to go after them. And one of them shoots Seth in the face. What are you doing, those bastards? Stop! Where'd they go? There they are. Oh, I can't believe we're at this out. Let's go. Let's get out of here. He gets shot in the face. Donna shot him in the face, and he survives. He's, he's fine. All right. He gets he's pulled okay. into the car, and they drive off. Yeah, yeah, they're he's and fine. I think they both. I think Donna and her see the snake too go into the trash can. Yeah, which is the sewer system, and they're yep. like, "Oh my god!" Yep, and they freak out. And I think that's when they get the call of the snake is loose. Yeah, like, I think what? they call over to the uh, the the guy that gave him the snake, and they're like, "What what is going on here?" Yeah, and so now there's a giant snake loose. They're getting attacked by Seth and his goons, and there's some kind of weird diamond smuggling thing going on with a Mr. Howell character. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Chang. So they, I think the uh, they meet up with Edie, and they ask Edie, what's going on? We need to get contact the agency. We need to know. And I shot Seth in the face. <laughs> they all know who Seth is, by the way, on the island. And he she because she kept saying, that son of a bitch, that <laughs> Ugly bastard! I shot him in the face. Yes, they know him. And he's he, he's, a, he's a known. Um, I think Edie says something funny about him getting shot guy. in the face too. She's like, "Well, that's one less thing we have to look at," or something like that. <laughs> and uh, she said, like, "We need to get the agency involved." She's like, "Look, I'm not really involved with the agency. The agency works through me. They tell me what they want, mm-hmm. and if they need things, they come to me. But I'm not informed." She says, "Well, we gotta get we gotta get to the bottom of this." Right. Right. No one's. By the way, no one's contacting the authorities that there's a giant snake loose, and oh, no. there's a bunch of missing cops. There's two missing cops, and they left a newlywed couple on an island. Yes. Yes. They're supposed to go get them the next day. Yeah, the but you know, there's so much going on. They they just you know yeah. that doesn't happen. But um, I mean, technically, when you think about it, they are the authorities. Yeah. I mean, at least Donna is, and then the other two guys, the martial artist guys are the authorities uh, apparently so that bartender is listening in to edie's conversation with the the leads mm-hmm. and she goes and calls seth i believe and says this is what's going on they're now contacting edie yep so naturally they have to grab edie but not <laughs> before not before you know I mean, there, there's a couple more scenes of this this isn't actually the first time they actually they only grab edie later on when uh he, she gets a call 
about something else happening because they start getting more involved because the guys get involved first. So the guys like we start getting now little love scenes between all the characters. Oh yeah, make sure you see, you see more um, gratuitous a lot of TNA. T- yeah, a lot of a lot of terribly filmed sex kind of it's more rolling around and making out naked. Yeah, and you know guys, we are literally breaking down every little thing that happens in this movie, Badly, but by the way. it is yeah, there's, <laughs> there's it. a lot of weird there's stuff. There's a happening. lot of weird stuff happening, but all you really need to know is that there is a cancer-ridden snake loose on the island. There's like a I said a minute ago, drug yeah. dealing, diamond smuggling, like crime lord, and Donna and Taryn and the two martial arts guys are involved in, in yeah, this. And I don't know if we got into it properly. I'd probably get involved, but we also have to get a scene of Andy Sidaris and another blind guy who is they're in a convention for uh, I believe football players, and they're doing a press conference. And the press conference, the the blonde guy involved in the press conference is interviewing two football players mm-hmm. and asks them what's going on. And they say the craziest shit you can imagine. One. This is Jimmy John Jackson, Southern Cable Sports Network. We're here in Molokai, Hawaii for the pro football meetings. And we're at Edie's Outpost with a lot of football celebrities. With us today is Don Merriman to talk to us about his years as quarterback with the Dallas Steers. And seated next to him is favorite receiver, Billy Blue Shoes Marvis. Don, the question I've always wanted to ask you is about the touchdown pass you threw to Billy Blue Shoes here last year. Now, it looked to me like a double post pattern with a pick on the outside linebacker, a flare across the middle with your split end, and a play action that gave you time to throw that ball 60 yards in the air. Now, with time running out, no more timeouts, and all that pressure, what was it that you told those guys in that huddle? How did you call the play? Well, Jimmy John, all I said was, niggas go deep. And white guys keep him out if you can on two. Jimmy, the motherfucker's crazy, but he sure can throw. That's it from here in Molokai, Hawaii. Back to you, Howard. <laughs> on live TV, and Andy Sidaris in shorts and a suit. He's wearing a suit jacket and shorts. And shorts. He runs up going, I'm ruined, you ruined me, you ruined me. It turns out that this head anchor of this this live program is dating Taryn. Uh-huh. They're together. We get a romantic beach scene where the two of them just romantically go off. Uh, all this is happening. Cancer ridden snake, drug deal, shot a guy in the face. They came and in, in, in tried to kill us. Let's go have a romantic getaway. Yeah, let's go on the beach and just frolic naked together mm-hmm. and, you know, show some gratuitous TNA, more gratuitous TNA. In every shot, you'll get that. Yeah. So strap in because Same. if you think you're not going to see, you know, a lot of boobs and we're overhyping it, no, you see boobs in every shot. Yeah. Okay. And not just the two main leads. You'll get all the women in yeah. this movie are naked. So, so yeah, the, the two guys come over to their house and they discuss the plans of going and in, like... We have to go and get them. We have to do... They've done uh, research. I think Donna and Taryn did some research on the gangs. They kind of like flew in on that island. I think they went to pick up the two newlyweds. And this... We didn't get to talk about this. So this snake went into the sewer system. And somehow showed up on that beach that they were dropped off on the newlyweds. (laughs) Now we see the two newlyweds on the beach. And they are, the one is, the wife is posing for photos as the other guy takes them with a Polaroid camera. Yes, keep in mind she's beautiful as well. They're all beautiful. Yeah, she's 
modeling. He's like, that's great, honey. You're doing it. Oh, yeah, do that, more of that. You know, right as she's, he's taking the photos, the giant snake jumps out in the air at them. And he, he screams and takes a photo of it. It literally comes out of the air. Out of the air. Like it it just jumps out, out like a killer air. in any horror movie. And Donna and Taryn go to find them. I think, I don't... I don't even know if it's talked about that they forgot about them or just went to get them, but they discover the wife's dead body completely mauled like shredded. In, a, in a lake. Like it was an animal. Like a perfect bikini on still. Yes, yes. Like like a like a lioness or something had come and just freaking yeah, scraped all like her a corpse. skin. Yeah, yeah. Just a dead corpse. But her bikini's still on. Still on. The top is still on in yeah. the water. They scream, oh my God, that's that girl's name that we don't know. <laughs> Then they go running. They're screaming and they're running. And then they stumble on the husband. And they go, oh, my God, that's yeah. the, that's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know their names. Either. So, like, the, honestly, though, they find his body in the tall grass on the beach. And he's got he, a Polaroid camera in his hand. He's got a Polaroid camera in his hand. And so they take the, the camera out of his hand and they take the last picture that was in there um, it actually snaps. It's and it, it pops on. It was stuck in there. It was stuck in there. Yeah, but what little do they know that as they're looking at this picture and waiting for it to, to develop, um, there's a snake skulking in the grass, the, looking at them, and it is the contagious. It's rat watching snake. them. So yeah, so they get the this film. You know, the pictures developed, and oh my god, what is it? It is a picture of the snake in midair attacking the guy. So as he's getting attacked, he snaps the picture of the snake coming at his face. It's the same shot as we saw jump out. Yes. Yes, just free frame. Free frame. Yes. And I will. I just, can we talk about how snakes eat? Because I don't think this movie knows. I think it thinks it mauls people. Well, yeah, of course it mauls people. It takes people. little snackums out of everybody. It rips their flesh off and, Snakes, you know, it's uh, like snacks, you know? Yeah, I don't think they understood that. This no. is a dead, this is a killer snake who loves biting at people's faces. Yeah, it just, it, it kind of lunges. Little it's nibbles. a It's a lunger. Yeah, and when you lunge and get lunged by a snake, when you we get lunged by a snake, <laughs> you don't get, you don't let go of that Polaroid camera. No, you don't. You hold on you to it. You take that picture. You, you hold know. it. Dear. For, yeah, for dear life. But tell no, others the guy that the didn't make it. You know? Yeah. Tell so them. yeah, they found those bodies, <laughs> but they also are doing some um, recon, like a recon on the island to find out. And the guy with the machine gun and the glasses, who keeps showing up, the preppy guy, he's playing frisbee with a girl on the island. Yep. Well, he just hangs out on an island playing frisbee with a machine gun on him, and of the girl course. doesn't seem to care. Of course, because you know he, you never know when he'll need that machine gun on the beach. So they snap some pictures of that guy, and uh, they're gonna share it with their two guys. Well, it's now known that the agency is involved, and these two guys are also involved. I think the bartender has found that out and told Seth. So they send the two goons, Hawaiian shirt and mustache, to go kill the two lead guys which i can't remember their names i don't even know their names i'm gonna call one ponytail and the other one <laughs> hair all right so hair and ponytail are in the car and they're driving their little jeep and they come upon mustache skateboarding on his hands he's doing a handstand on the skateboard going through the street and the one guy's response to this is hang on ronnie we got some nutcase in front of us Man, he must be smoking some heavy doobies. 
Well, let it be let let it be known that this okay, we're calling him mustache. Let it be known that he's dressed just like someone puked on him, okay? He's wearing a floral shirt, a flor like floral pants. He looks like um a, like one of the 80s skaters from like Leaming the Cube. You know, like just a kid. I was going to say he looks like Joe Dirt. He actually, you know, he does look like Joe Dirt. He, but first of all, can I just the point I'm trying to make here is that he is not at all a kid. He is at least 55. Oh, yeah. And he's riding a skateboard. I don't think he's 55. I mean, he lo everyone in the 80s looks like they're I older. I guess so. So let's just say he's about 55, this guy. Well, he's doing handstand he's doing on air. Handstand. He's smoking too many doobies. Smoking That's the first thought. And he goes past them, and they're like, all right, we're away from that guy. He gets to another Jeep with the Hawaiian shirt guy waiting for him, and he gets in there, and he goes, okay, they're there. They're in that car. Now get me past them. I'm going to drive past them again, and I'm going to shoot them. So he gets back, but he has to grab a blow-up doll. Yeah, there was a blow-up doll in the truck. In so the Jeep, waiting. As he's getting out with his skateboard and ready to go down the, the road and skate past the two male protagonists in the movie, he has to carry a blow-up doll. He's gonna. He can't figure out another way to hide a shotgun. I had to look into this gun because this movie keeps using a gun that looks very fake to me. It looks like a paintball gun, but it's actually a real gun called a 410. I believe Snake Charmer or something like that. I can't believe you and actually looked at that. It's a up. shotgun. So it's a one shot shotgun. Okay. That's the type of gun. It only apparently shoots one bullet. Yeah. And he is riding a skateboard. Now, I also going to point out real quick they passed him. He got in a Jeep behind them. Yes. And now he's in front of them again <laughs> with a blow up doll and a shotgun hiding behind it. And now, just imagine a skateboarder, it looks like Joe Dirt, with a blow-up doll in front of him, a giant naked woman blow-up doll, hanging out in front of him. Now, this is a guy smoking too many dudes. He was trying to, right? to hide the, 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 shotgun. the shotgun, but he so, was holding the doll on the other side and holding the shotgun with his right hand behind him. It's like on the side, so you, you wouldn't see the shotgun. You would be too... I mean, I got to give this guy credit. If you're going to shoot somebody, the thing that you sh you cover yourself up with is a blow-up doll. I mean, no one's going to notice the gun. Yeah. yeah. You're going to notice the, the, the uh, blow-up doll before you notice the shotgun for sure. Well, that's actually perfect. But the problem is the guy driving the the good guys, the driving the Jeep, instantly screams, Look out, he's got a gun. He's got a gun. Yeah, how I do don't you know how he sees it. The gun. Now, remember, this is a one-shot weapon, and it hits their car tire, the front windshield, and goes into the driver. Mm -hmm. Chest. In his chest. A yeah. shotgun shell. Yeah, Goes in into his chest. his chest. But he's okay. But it's okay because they hit him with their Jeep. Yes. And he goes flying into the air like a hundred feet in the air like it was so ridiculously comical the passenger of the jeep the good guy the one with the most hair goes into the back of the jeep and grabs out a four barrel bazooka <laughs> and shoots the skateboarder mid-air now just let's break down <laughs> the time and velocity and and where the position of this guy who got hit by a car is he was hit by a car thrown all the way up in the air like the rocket man and this guy got a bazooka out in time in he time didn't even fumble around with it he perfectly shoots him and he explodes in mid-air but if that isn't enough 
the blow-up doll is also floating and has angered the drive the passenger. So he shoots that with a bazooka as well. Yes. And that also explodes. Perfect. The perfect. Guy, bo- both the bazooka, both the human being and the blow-up doll explode the exact same way. Yep. No guts, no blood, no bones, no nope. parts. Nothing. Just an explosion. Just an explosion. E- eviscerated. Completely <laughs> eviscerated Joe Dirt. Yeah. Um, it's amazing because he had time, you know, our, our male protagonist had time to open the box that the bazooka was in. Yep. While the guy's in midair flying after being hit by the Jeep. This is flash level. It was like, okay, pull. Like in, like, ski shooting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they did it with a human being. This is... <laughs> Fucking crazy! It was the best and, scene in the movie. I love it is one off. of the best scenes in the movie. It, it so wild that he also shot the the blow up doll. Yeah, in time, the blow up doll and Joe Dirt were in the air, yep. and he was able to get two, two rockets off. Rockets. But it the was amazing. funniest part is the driver who was shot with a shotgun through the window is fine. He's fine. They show uh, right after that, that he went to a nipple. little. Yeah, he went well, to no, the clinic. Before he goes to the clinic, he says to him, "Are you okay?" He goes, "Yeah." I've seen better days. And he says, The bazooka, Rowdy? It's the only gun I can hit a moving target with. That's what he says. So that sets up future yes, things. Yes, future things. So, like, yeah. So then we we, we uh, cut to them going to the clinic. And he's fine. He's fine. He's got a little Band-Aid on his wound. He comes out and says, The nurse in there. Oof. And he's like, She took care of you? He goes, Yeah, let's just say I came out in stitches. <laughs> what the fuck? You're talking about the dude. dialogue is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, but it's just—he's fine. He got shot with a shotgun. Now you're also probably wondering two things: the jeep that dropped off the skateboarder would have been in front of them, and they would have to have passed it. And why didn't the guy sh- kill them right. when they were passing by? Right, but that nothing—that did not. That, he's not there. And the second <laughs> thing you might be wondering is: didn't they blow his tire off? Yes, uh, they yeah, sure they did. They did blow the but tire off, but it's fine. Off. And they drove to the the clinic. Perfectly fine. And they also drive away from the clinic perfectly fine. He got shot with a shotgun and survived. He's got such amazing pecs that they just push the bullet out. Yeah, no, they just, no yeah. bullets hurt these pecs. Yeah, like how dare you insult me? Yeah. I'm going to push you right out. I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, fuck you, bullet. Yeah, fuck you, bullet. Yeah, and fuck your blow-up doll, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they're fine. And... This is the kind of movie we're dealing with here. And it's, it's ridiculous. Amazing. I mean, what, what, are we, what are we on now? Okay, so we cut to Edie, right? She's she's kidnapped. Well, Edie gets kidnapped because they call and they say, Edie, we couldn't kill the guy. And we lost Joe Dirt. And so now <laughs> Edie, is, she knows what diamonds are. I don't know why they think that she knows. Yeah, I don't understand that. It's confusing. Because she has she has a friendship with Donna and Taryn. So they just think that she that Edie knows where the freaking diamonds are. Yeah. How would Edie even know that? It's ridiculous. Um, but we learned that... The bartender that, actually turns out to be a man. Yes, the bartender is a man in, um, in, drag. in drag. And so we see him... Actor, by the way, also was the champ, like the best award of the best drag like drag queen, like what uh, for like a whole bunch. He was very known for that. For real? For real. And unfortunately, he passed away like two years after this. Moment. Well, I feel like he did make a convincing woman. Uh, we were we we questioned it. We, questioned we kept saying, him, yeah. "Is this a man?" Or is I don't know what's happening here. It yep. doesn't look like, you know, it doesn't look like a man, but I, it's a woman. So we kept questioning I mean, it. He and was, we were right. He was pretty. <laughs> we were right and uh, very convincing. And yeah. he goes, he calls them up and says. We got to take Edie. She knows where the diamonds are. She's working with the agency. We got to get her. 
and he take he goes to take all of his makeup off. But that's also where we get another scene for no reason of a woman coming out of um, the local pool at Edie's place. It's mm. like a restaurant slash spa slash pool. I mean, we don't know what it is. I don't is. know what it is. She gets out and she instantly goes into the room where he's the bartender is going to take off his makeup. She gets completely naked I in mean, front of him. The the scene, when I tell you how gratuitous the scene is, it could not be more ridiculous. Like so she basically comes out just topless yeah. and she's telling the bartender who's you know she thinks is a woman yeah. is saying see these girls meaning her breasts you have to exercise a lot to keep them looking perfect and perky yeah. now why Sleep she's telling this person that is beyond me it's just such a gratuitous scene it's like andy sedaris was just like i want to see this girl's jugs take <laughs> off your top that's it that was only point of any of it yeah. every when i yeah, tell I, you every woman in this movie in this one could have been a lead too like she's just in a oh, big spot, she and she's beautiful. also beautiful, and you're just shocked. Like, how is this not one of the main right. characters? And she, I mean, there's no point to the scene whatsoever. It's, it's just, just odd. She just wanted to tell the. Basically, I have beautiful breasts. I want everyone to see them. That was all it was. I don't so, blame her. I mean, yeah, I don't either. They were perfect, but so then you know, the, then they, we, she takes off the makeup after that girl leaves, and not worrying about anybody else coming in seeing this, she takes off her wig. The, the guy takes off their wig. Oh, the, the eyelashes. The eyelashes. The everything. whole thing comes off. Yep. Full guy comes. Run, they kidnap Edie. A van full of people kidnap Edie. Mm-hmm. And he gets in the car with them. And says, take off, you know? So they, they, they get Edie. And they bring him back to their little lair. And tie her up by her hands in, in, in the air. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very set up like they are torturing her. And she's, I don't know anything. I don't right. know where the diamonds are. Like, I don't are. know what the hell you're talking about. And Seth is like, you know where the diamonds are. By the way, Seth was shot in the face. He's got a little pa- a little bandage on his mouth. Yeah. Oh, because, you know, he, the yeah. way she shot him was, I mean, he should have. In the mouth. He should have died. Well, either that or his jaw must be effed up. His tongue or something. Yeah. His teeth. He's fine. No, he's he's fine. got a little bandit. Uh, they torture him. He, she doesn't know where anything is. And that pisses off the ponytail guy. It, it, one of yes. our lead guys, he is actually dating her. And yeah, Edie's his girl. They, I think they had a couple scenes too where uh, they were Edie frolicking. keeps getting naked. Yeah, with, there's a bunch of. I that. mean, lots of frolicking, lots of boobs <laughs> jumping. I mean, if this, I don't know how many times we've already said boobs or naked, but it's been a ton, and it should want you make you want to watch this movie. I mean, more. you have to watch this movie. It's just everything. I mean, as a as a as a woman. I love this movie. I mean, I absolutely, I am not, you know, at all like, oh, come on, more boobs. I'm like, holy crap, boobs. Because this movie is so funny and so like, I mean, you know, not purposely funny, but it's like all the things that happen in this movie, it, it's just everything you want in a film, especially if you're like a man, yeah. you know, there's, there's, you know, explosions, there's fighting, there's beautiful babes, um, you know, just tons of nakedness. And, and I'm going to say, you probably are automatically thinking Andy Sidaris is a, you know, he, you know, he used women to his advantage and all that. And you're going to say that this is like trash because it's sexist. But I will I will just say real quick, all of the women in the movie are set up to be smarter, stronger, and better, better at every job than, than the every men. Every man in this movie is set up to be an idiot. Yep. 
and bumbling. A goon. Um, just basic, They're you know, having not morons. a brain cell. Yeah. Yes, not a brain cell in their skull. And the women take front stage, front and center. And yes, they do, uh, you know, it's a lot of gratuitous nudity, but it's... They're always mocking the guys. Yeah, always mocking the guys, they're making always, them feel dumb. They, yeah, they're always and, um, saying funny things about behind their backs. Like, yeah. it's, it's funny. And they are all bosses at what they do. Yeah, they're bosses. So, like, yes, there is a lot of nudity, but... I mean, these women are all gorgeous specimens. So, like, they don't, you know, they're very comfortable with themselves. Yeah. And I'm sure that if they weren't on board for this, then they wouldn't do it, you know? But it's, it was just everything that you could possibly want in, like, a, you know, uh, action film. It's just like, yeah, it was a little gratuitous. There was too, too much of the just, okay, here's the booby shot for no reason, but... I mean, is anyone really going to complain? I mean, unless you're like a super prude and you're just like, you know, oh my God, breasts, more breasts. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not that person where I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want my husband looking at these beautiful women because I'm looking at these beautiful women. I'm like, how can you not look at them? They're yeah. gorgeous. So it, it's almost shocking that there isn't any male nudity. I mean, I we mean, don't even guys get in a, G-strings. Yeah. But like there's butt. But we don't get like there's the buns. full on sexy... The, like you know the even like a a side ball or something <laughs> yes i said side ball yeah you know something I've, we didn't get nothing on it, the guys you're right there isn't it, there isn't any of that no it's really odd no there's no sexuality really on the guys it's even just, the sex scenes it could have been like like hot but the sex scenes were you can tell that some of the time they didn't really want to kiss no they were just pretty much framing the women to look perfect and the guys were kind of just like their props i hate to say that but yeah, I, the I, guys were like the props we have to talk about this next i i think i'm skipping something but i can't remember what it is all i want to talk about is the two groups get together now the our two lead actresses and our two lead male heroes mm-hmm. they get together in the house and they plan out the saving of Edie from this house yes. and it's virtually them showing each other clips of like they they videotape that one guy that works for seth with the blonde hair and the glasses and he works on the speech and he you know they're getting to say who's the girl he's with ah she's just a local okay so this local is just hanging out with the guy with the machine gun cool yeah uh she's actually a cool girl all right and they're basically telling where's Edie being held we got to go save her we have to make a plan but before we can do all that Donna and the one guy have to have sex. Yeah. Yes. So they go into the other room to talk, mm-hmm. leaving Taryn and the other ponytail guy, Edie's boyfriend, alone in the other room. And what's really funny about this scene, and you, the sexism thing about it, is the guy's made to be even more of an idiot because he is orgasming extremely loud. But... <laughs> He won't stop, and it's embarrassing, and they keep cutting to Taryn and the ponytail guy just laughing outside the room. I think I'll turn up the stereo. That's a good idea. Donna, you're the greatest... Do you want to hold it down a little bit? No. I like it like that. I knew that. I knew that. And they're like, maybe we should turn the music up because this is embarrassing. He keeps going, ugh. Right? And <laughs> I like your reenactment. Ugh. It sounds like you're taking a poop. Yeah, that's it was it was wild. And we when they cut to what they're doing, 
It's even more baffling. Yes. This is like Tommy Wiseau, the room level. Oh sex. my freaking god! He, it vir- is virtually he's in a in a chair, and Donna is bent down in front of him, but her head is just staring at him. But you can't see past her hair, so you're, you're trying to figure out this isn't a blowjob. No, this isn't you know boob sex. No, this is. I mean, what is this? Like she, she was literally this? just eye to eye with him, but she was on her knees in between his legs on the like she was on the floor. He was sitting in a chair, and she's eye to eye with him, and, they and keep he just keeps to the moaning. Shot. But what are you moaning for? Because yeah. she's not moving. So even if she was touching him, yeah. You would see her moving. She doesn't move. She it's like she's actually laughing. Yes, it was the, the like most behind her hair. Like. It was the stupidest scene in the movie. Like what are you putting this in here for so we can get a nice butt shot of her? Yeah. Okay, we've and seen it. We don't need it anymore. He says he says to her I well she like flips her hair. Yeah. And it's a, I think it's their way of telling us it's over. I guess. I and don't know. And he looks at her and says, "I love when you do that." Do what though? And, and like what? Then I think she gets closer onto him, and they might now have sex, but you can't really tell know. because it's virtually just them kissing the side of each other's face, yeah. And her having like she's in her underwear, and her up against him in the same chair. It's it's not they're not See, having sex. There's no way they're having sex. There's no nothing's happening here. But again, orgasm sound. I know. And, and I just feel like Andy Sedaris went to the Tommy Wiseau school of, you know, fake sex scenes. I mean, it's because wild. Like, he didn't, he doesn't know how to, they didn't even seem passionate or like it was real at all. It there's was no just, thrusting in this movie. No, there's, there's no, nothing. there's no grinding. There's not, there's nothing that seems even realistic Which is sexually. odd because this movie is very gratuitous in its sexuality. Yes. But there was no. It's so. Like it was, there's was no scenes where there were we felt like they were really having sex. I mean, we've seen tons of movies where that we felt more like, okay, oh, this is real. I, I was gonna say, Angelina Jolie in the 90s made a career out of like going out of her way to look like she was really having sex oh, with every yeah. actor in these movies. Yep. And in Andy Sidaris's TNA film, no realistic no, it sex. It was just like, okay, we see Donna Spears, um, you know, but, and it was nice to look at, but what are we watching here? This was like, you know, a whole five minute scene of just what? We don't need this. Best part about that is they come out of the room and Taryn and the other guy are like pretending not to be embarrassed and they sit down and they go, so, uh, what took so long for that conversation? (laughs) And they, they laugh and he goes, oh, we went for, we went to, we went and ate out. We went to eat out and then they all started laughing like their one-liners are so they're so goofy. Yeah, we went to eat out. Like, what are you talking about? We didn't see anything that led to that. Well, yeah, not, <laughs> not only that, it's like you—they know you never left the house. It's so stupid. Right, like, I know. Like, and you're in just the bedroom. Like, oh boy! It was such a stupid line. Like the whole entire scene at the house was so stupid. Yeah, we're not hungry anymore, or something like that. I they say. can't. It's so I know it's so stupid. And then uh, they go, "Okay, well, so let's come up with a plan." And he's like, "Well, I got the the preppy guy." I got a plan for him. So this this is one of my second favorite scenes. This is wild too. Yeah. This is one of my this is my The guy my who scenes. just orgasmed a lot. He goes in a thong and an open button-down shirt onto the beach and he meets up with that girl and the other and she says he goes, "Hey, can I walk with you?" She's like, "Yeah." And they run up to the beach and he's like, "Let's play frisbee together." And they start playing frisbee the girl and the guy and then the the preppy guy with the machine guns, like, 
Now he's still standing on the beach waiting with his shot. Yeah, shot. he's been there for like and three his days straight. <laughs> you can see the crew in his sunglasses at least once. Yeah. He he says, "Hey, who's this turkey?" <laughs> right? I love turkey. Got it. You got to we got to bring that back more calling people turkey. I know, I love it. Um which is going to be in the it's in the theme song for the uh the whole November episodes of yes, Talking Trash. Yes. I should you should have used this clip if I would have remembered this one. So, yeah, he's like, "Who's this turkey?" And she's like, He's just a he's just a thrower, which I guess is what you call frisbee players. Yeah, I don't know much about frisbee. He's just a thrower, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, I'm just a thrower." And he's like, "You're a thrower, huh? Show me what you got." <laughs> so he like chucks a pink frisbee to him, and every time the blonde catches it with the machine gun on around his neck, he keeps having to throw it under his leg and catch it and throw it again. Yeah, he's like little Mister Fancy Pants. He says, you think you're a good thrower, huh? I'll show you what's good, and he's like throwing to him. So he throws it back, and he decides to put his sh- his machine gun down so he can really throw. Yeah, yeah. And that's serious. the moment where our guy, our hero, says to the other girl, hey, get the hell out of here. Run. And she says, why? And he shows her a handgun. Now, she doesn't scream or run off or alert the machine gun guy. No. Nope. She just goes, okay. Okay. And then she start- and he throws the pink frisbee. Go get it to her. Yeah. So she runs off to get it. And he goes, hey. Hey, Colleen. Got a great ass. So do you, Pilgrim. <laughs> so he secretly pulls oh, out of his God. little, he's got a little man satchel. He does. And he pulls out a black Frisbee and throws it to the machine gun guy. Now that he's not, he's looking again. And they're throwing him back and forth. And that guy's showing off of his throwing skills. And when he gets the Frisbee back, he swaps it out with a frisbee that's surrounded in razor blades. Yes. And he throws it to the machine gun guy, who the movie is now suggesting catches it, and it cuts off his hands, his fingers. <laughs> but in one shot, we see that he still has his fingers. The next shot, he's got no fingers again, and it went into his neck. Yep. And it kills him instantly. Yeah, it's a razor blade frisbee. It's, it's just raised straight razors, like little yep. razor blades. He threw them so hard, he cut off his fingers <laughs> and killed him in the neck. Amazing. It killed him in the neck. Killed. Well, this looks like a razor blade frisbee did this. <laughs> you sounded like Randy Marsh. He, uh, he must have been a pro thrower. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that guy's murdered. And does it come back? Is no. it matter? Does Seth find out? Do we know it? No. No. No, this is just a crazy sequence, just like the rocket launcher sequence. Yep. So that's when they the group has to now go save Edie. Yeah. I know we skipped over a bunch of TNA stuff that doesn't mean anything. Oh, yeah, no. There's a lot of filler. There's a lot of TNA filler. The group drive in a Jeep, and while Donna is in a motorized hang glider oh yeah it's really cool too she's flying around he says donna is gonna drop sound grenades to draw them out (laughs) and now they drive in a jeep with ponytail in the back i believe with the rocket launcher or the other guy with the rocket launcher who only uses a rocket launcher yeah he's in the back standing up and taryn and the other guy driving through the front fence. They don't drive through anything. They drive straight through a front fence. While Donna is dropping grenades, there is nobody outside. Nope. 
So what is she actually... She's dropping random grenades around her friends. For no reason around her friends. She's supposed to be drawing out the bad guys, but that's not what's happening. She's just dropping random grenades for no reason at all. She could have just... She could have done anything different. She didn't have to throw grenades. No, couldn't anything. If anything... She could have thrown on the grenades on the people who come out of the house. But throwing grenades from a hang glider is cool. <laughs> All they had to do is throw, shoot two shots up in the air. The best part of this is still no one is outside. They're dropping grenades. Taryn jumps out of the Jeep, tucks and rolls like she's going to fight somebody. No one's even outside no, yet. Why are you tucking and rolling? So a guy finally comes outside and they just have they just shoot him repeatedly. Yep. <laughs> And they kind of all split up to fight the bad guys. And the ponytail guy and the other hair guy, they go inside the house. Taryn goes around back. Donna's just flying around. She gives up. She leaves. Uh, She's done. She drove them out with grenade explosions or something. Taryn goes around the back. She gets in a gun battle with the bartender guy. He he walks right into her shot. She says, don't. And he does. She shoots him dead. The other two go in the house. And they have battles with the other surviving villains, right? There's a the one guy with the ponytails. He has a knife fight or like a like a karate fight with somebody. He puts on brass knuckles type thing that goes over his palms. Oh, that's a little cool. stabby claws yeah, in them. That's a cool weapon. And he says, "Life's a bitch." And then they start fighting, and they have a good fight. And then he finally takes the claws and cuts his throat out. And it's been like a minute or two, and then he goes, and then you die. <laughs> so you're like waiting for like life's a bitch, and then you're like, uh, okay. okay. And then he just looks into the camera when he cuts this guy's throat, and he goes, and then you die. That's amazing, yeah, right? That's cheesy. But my favorite scene in the movie is coming up. Well, the other guy comes into the house, and he finds Donna, uh, Edie. I mean, tied up into the air. A guy runs out. And of course, he grabs his rocket launcher and shoots him right next to Edie. It doesn't explode like it did Joe Dirt or the blow-up doll. <laughs> it just pushes him through a wall outside. And that guy's dead, I, I, apparently. He shot a rocket launcher in a house. <laughs> the other guy, the ponytail, runs into it. He's like, get your girl. So the other guy yeah, goes to find better. other people in the house. Yep. And the boyfriend comes in here now. And his first instinct in seeing his kidnapped, tortured girlfriend is to make sex jokes. So he looks at her and says, Wait a minute. This is sensational. Kinky sex. I'll go get the midgets and the whips. And I was hoping she would say, Fuck you, you douchebag. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? But then he goes, ha ha ha. And he unties her. And she makes out with him. It, it was a, another. She found stupid, it attractive, I, I guess. It was stupid dialogue. I would have been like, like, "Okay, fuck you, we're broken up." Yeah, like uh, I'm here tied up for three days, probably, and you are making jokes right now, you stupid douche. Yeah. So what a fucking dick. I know. Like, I, I, like what a jerk. This girl has been. They've set it up that she, she was getting tortured by them. Yeah. Don't really know how. Don't really know how, but she was. She's gone through some things. Oh. Donna just left. But they're, they all now have freed Edie, killed the bad guys, and before they can drive off, they get into, to get to the car, the Hawaiian shirt guy and the bodybuilder bad guy get out and jump in a helicopter. Oh, yeah, okay. The helicopter takes off, and this is the moment where he throws his rocket launcher to 
I don't, you know what? I'm starting to think it was Edie. I mean, I mean, not Edie. I was thinking it was Donna, but Donna wasn't with them. I think Donna left in a hang glider. No, but she landed and she, she? rest. Okay, so Donna is home. here. No, 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 not that house. So, yeah, Donna is there, I guess. He throws the rocket launcher to Donna, and she shoots the rocket, the, the helicopter, and it explodes instantly. You can actually yeah. see a thing, a rod, hanging from the toy helicopter. That yeah, they blow you can up. see it. It's, uh, it's, it still looks like a good explosion, though. It just it, it, it explodes. And I remember, he just shot a person in the house who didn't explode. He went through the house. He just it threw him outside the house. <laughs> but this blew those people up. So, now, Taryn... Edie and the ponytail guy and the other guy are all in the van driving and they're in a in a van of some sort and they're sitting in the back of the van and they said well that's great we killed the bad guys everything's done you know we saved Edie and then they go wait a minute when the, and he says wait a minute what about Seth and they all stop the car and they go Oh my God, Seth! <laughs> so they, so he's like, they're like, whoops, Seth, we didn't even kill the main bad guy. So they show a shot of the back of the jeep bust open, and it, it's clear that the motorcycle's on the floor, but it's a, but they're saying the motorcycle jumps out of the van with what's his face on it now. In the shot where they were talking, I don't even remember seeing a motorcycle with them. No, I don't remember that either. So a motorcycle shoots out of the back of the van. And drives off. And we cut to Donna in her house. Donna has reti- returned home. She's basically cleaning up. She's had a long day of dropping grenades and shooting rocket launchers. <laughs> no cops have been alerted to the explosions. No, nothing. She's no. just back home. And she's like wa- washing her face or whatever. She's just getting relaxed. Seth is in the house. Yep. And Seth attacks her. She is able. Well, first off. She, she, he gets, he's trying to get her. She gets away and hides in a closet with those really cheap little things that you can see. Oh, through yeah, the those like slots. wooden slats the that slots. like yeah. you can just like pull, like pull apart. Seth doesn't break these in with just a punch or a kick. He <laughs> takes a knife out and starts stabbing them. <laughs> like Michael Myers. Michael Myers. It was like, imagine if Michael Myers didn't bust through, if you had to like stab the door for a while. <laughs> This gives Donna perfect time to load up a spear for fishing, like yep. the spear it's fishing a spear gun, gun yeah. like a spear gun. She loads it up. He, he she opens the door and she shoots Seth right in the chest. Oh, but he, yeah, he, it goes right through him. It's like sticking out of him. Oh yeah, he gets tossed back a bit, and but he, he, you he know, falls to the ground. He falls, but he's falling down, like, but he's oh. okay. He keeps getting back up. This guy yeah. is like, if you've ever seen Cannibal the Musical, where the guy just keeps getting yeah, back up. Yeah, this guy got shot in the guy. face and he's okay. He's shot in the face now, has a harpoon in him. Yep. He stands back up and I believe they have a fight with a knife. Yep. And she stabs him again. Yep. He falls to the ground to die again. He's okay. <laughs> but, no, he's laying there dead. She takes this time to crawl across the room and go into the bathroom. Yeah. She's on the bathroom floor next to her toilet. Mm-hmm. The lid is closed. The toilet's there. She gives out a sigh of relief of what has happened. Like, you know, Seth is dead, you know. And her first instinct is flush the toilet. Yeah, I got to flush the toilet. She flushes the toilet. But she, no, she wiped her face with a napkin because oh, she, she was just a little bit sweaty. And then she opened the lid, threw the napkin, oh, okay. and flushed the sense. toilet. As she flushes the toilet. 
it explodes and the snake from the movie comes out of the toilet. Yes. It rises with smoke and lights, comes out of this toilet in this giant thing. And of course, Seth gets back up and the snake jumps out at Seth and bites his face again. He gives a whole chunk of his face out. Yes. Now this time it's for real because the snake is contagious and highly dangerous. So once the snake bites his face, he's done. He, he's got a harpoon in his chest. He's got a stab wound, maybe one or two. Um, he's got Doesn't he die a hole in his else? face from the gunshot. I mean, he's all fucked up, but the snake um, finally gets him. I don't remember him dying from that. I thought he also got killed again from something else. Oh, no, no. The snake got him. He was bloody mess on the floor. When they cut to the snake's mouth, he's got a chunk of flesh hanging from his teeth. Seth is done after that. Um, (laughs) Donna freaks out, crawls across the room, grabs a handgun. I actually thought she shot Seth. No, it was the snake. She shoots the snake twice in the face. Yep. It is still still coming hissing. after her. That's exactly the moment where the motorcycle riding boyfriend sh- jumps through the house wall, doesn't kill Donna, mis- completely misses him. Misses Donna. Oh, misses yeah. her. Gets off the thing, sees the snake and goes, holy shit, and pulls the rocket launcher off his back <laughs> and shoots the snake perfectly in the head with a rocket. And knocks his head off. And this and is just my shoots his head favorite off. scene in the movie because literally he does not, he can literally just pull up to the house on the motorcycle and go through the front door. But instead of doing that, he jumps through the wall of the house and destroys the house with his motorcycle. He could have killed Donna in the process yep. because she was literally he right there. He wouldn't have known where she was. He wouldn't have known where she was at all. And he just... Like, unless he was peeking in the window from his motorcycle, he would have no knowledge of what's happening inside that house. But he felt at that moment that it was, you know, necessary to drive his motorcycle through the wall. And, you know, because he can't shoot a regular handgun because he can only use a rocket launcher. He shot this snake's head off in the house. Now, there was no explosion. He perfectly shot this snake's head off with With a a rocket. It didn't blow up the house or kill them. It didn't blow up. It didn't create an explosion. It didn't create a fire. It didn't even create a cloud of smoke. The snake's body drops to the floor and it hits the wood like it's the most hollow wood. Yeah. Like the house is just completely... And by the way, it is because while Seth was fighting Donna, he threw her against the wall and the whole wall shook. Yeah, like it was just... It was a set. set. It was just a set. But it was just amazing how... Why this guy thought it was necessary to to do all that like what what like don't you have like a a huge knife just hack the thing's head off like what are you doing he uses a rocket launcher in a house i i am i was baffled and also super excited when i saw this scene because it was incredible incredible. yeah it was an incredible scene and it's worth watching the whole movie for just because it was so absurd and the amount of absurdities in this movie is just at 11 at 11. Oh, it's it's insane. And, and guess what? If you were thinking it's over here, it's not. No, it's not over. No. So we now catch a scene of them all nicely dressed in driving up in a car. And Donna and her boyfriend are like, all right, we got to go take care of him. Now, you, you might be thinking, what the? F- what's that? Oh, yeah. There is another villain. 
The Mr. Howl villain. Yes. Mr. Chang. Is it Chang? I yes. got Chang Wong. What is his name? No, Mr. Chang. Is Remember, it? we thought it was funny because they said that he's Chinese. Well, this is the he... part where he just tells us all who he is. Yeah, he just tells us. There's no there's no mystery like, anymore. He went to school in Hong Kong, and he yeah. went to school in uh, the UK. Yes. He's a His bodyguard is a ruthless mercenary. And this is going to be tough. Yeah, it's, and not, it's not tough. They the, the rest of the gang, Edie... Uh, Taryn and her boyfriend is even there for some reason. And Edie and her boyfriend there, they're all standing outside and they're waiting. The other two just go up alone yep. to this dangerous showdown. Now, you think they're going to go arrest this guy or something? I don't really know Oh, the there's plot. no police, nothing. They just go because, you know, that's what they do. They just cut to a scene of the guy, the, the ruthless bad guy, sitting at the thing with his bodyguard who's a giant... Giant bodyguard sitting there. It looks like a, you know, like a like like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type, and he's just like ripped. And they're sitting there, and he's talking about how everything went wrong or whatever. And they just walk in. Just walk in. And the bodyguard no jumps up. No security. Nothing. They didn't no. have any problem. They also looking nice. They're well dressed and everything. Yeah. The bodyguard card. The bodyguard. She's the body card. The bodyguard gets up, and again, Donna beats him in the head with the nunchucks. They they both ter- ter- actually both take turns. I think he has the nunchucks, bashes it over his head numerous times. Then Donna starts beating him over the head. He just won't go down. As they're he's they're beating this guy senseless. The Mister Howell guy is going to the wall and taking the sword off of wall. He's got a whole rack of swords, very comical, and he takes a sword out. And they beat the guy down and they look at him and they said, "Hey, put the gun down. That's a stupid move." Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And the boyfriend <laughs> brings a gun out, and it's a tiny gun. And then Donna whips out Dirty Harry's giant cannon. It is handgun. a hand cannon. And he looks over at her gun like, whoa. <laughs> and he says, you're not going to, you know, he's, I don't care. And he just takes the knife and chucks it at them, the sword. No, he didn't care if they're both holding guns. He just chucks the sword at them, flies right at their heads. Then, yeah, we don't even see. You just see that he throws it. And then they sh- unload on him, and he falls out the window and falls in front of Taryn and her boyfriend and splats on the concrete. Yeah. And Taryn just <laughs> screams. Right? <laughs> Ooh, man, I've heard of guys being dropped for a loss before, but this is really radical. And yep. then they cut back to Donna and the guy, and the sword is perfectly behind, be, between their heads into yep. the wall. It just completely missed the both of them and went between them into the wall. So he was a terrible throw. And not but... only that, the boyfriend looks at Donna and says, I'm glad you took him out because I probably would have missed. <laughs> it's perfect. Finn. It's not Finn. <laughs> if you, it's, you think it's over? Nope. Now they're all on their boat, which is called the Malibu Express. Mm-hmm. And they're all having a fun little conversation about how Taryn doesn't work for the agency. And legally, she can keep the diamonds. Yes. That is the big, that's the big one. That's the, she says she to him, to... by law, yep. I found it and I'm a, I'm a civilian. Yep. I don't work for the agency. So... In fact, not only can I sell the diamonds, I can also spread the money to my friends. Yep. That's right. And they all toast her. Yep. And Finn. The, their best, the, the best thing about this is like, I mean, this movie, you guys, you got to see it. You just, you have to see it. Like we're talking, 
you know, the, the things that we're telling you, you have to see this on screen in order for it to become real. Like, we could tell you every little thing that happens in this movie, but you have to go, you have yeah. to see it. You we we didn't do this movie justice in its, in its plotting or pacing. We didn't do that at all. Like, we scatterbrained tell this plot because there is just so many shots that don't matter, you know? Yeah. Um, you can get this movie um on the andy sidaris um collection you can probably find it on um this is Amazon. shocking to me the fact that it's not worth a lot of money because there is a collection called uh i believe it's called the uh, babes bullets and g-strings um, i think that's what this uh, name is bullets bombs and babes the, oh is it i thought it was and then this one was on this one's on girls guns and g-strings now, this okay, is the, the andy sidaris collection yeah there's like a 12 minute movie collection of his mm-hmm. and you can actually find this. I found this recently. We found we've had this for a long time. I thought this would have been a collector's edition type of thing, really hard to get. Yeah. Because for a long time, I could not find this movie to watch. Yeah. And then I found I discovered this collection. Actually, it was in an Fye and saw this in a five dollar bin. So <laughs> there's a way to get this movie for five dollars and have eleven other films with it. It is worth the money. It, it just really to own is. a hard ticket to Hawaii because. There is nothing like it. And no, there is nothing like this movie. Like, honestly, it's it's just everything you could possibly want in an action film. And yes, ladies, it is for you, too. It is absolutely... <laughs> well, the women who love women in general and don't, yeah. like, look at it as, like, oh, I don't like how this they're showing this. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, you can go in thinking, okay, they're, it's a little bit, um, you know, they're exploiting them a little bit. But then, on the other hand, it's just fun. And you can yeah, tell... And these are playmates who made a career yeah. out of modeling and stuff. So I don't yeah. even see... They're I not can, bothered by see. it, but yeah. they're not... You know, they're also having the time of their lives in this movie. Like, it seems like everyone's having fun. They don't... It, it doesn't come off as, like, a pervy thing. It's just gratuitous it, it, boobs. It does. There's so many, There's a couple characters in particular who I are I mean, well, awful. yeah, like, the, the guy that worked in the restaurant was perv, he you know? He like, so many lines we cut past. And then Andy Sedaris was in it, and he kind of came off pervy, but it's not, it's not, like, overdone, like, to the point where, okay, I'm sick of the dialogue, it's just too yeah. pervy, and, you know, it and kind lo- of... Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I, I think that there's a way to sell, to, to enjoy this and celebrate all the people involved and, and, and really have a good time. I think this is a fun one, This which is really weird. No other Andy Sidaris movie ever lived up to this movie. No. You that's would think the truth. He, he, had a, uh, he had a really interesting uh, philosophy, and I, I actually agree with him. He took the money from one movie, he made a movie, and then every time he made another movie, he would take the profit and he would make another one. Yeah, so this one, he was able to use the money from this movie to make another movie, and, and he so basically on and so just on. kept doing it. But you can see they got cheaper. Yeah, and I would say that the sh- I think that this movie should have been a huge success for him. You know what's really weird? They wanted to give this movie an X because of the blow up doll explosion. Uh, that is obscene. It is really weird because they, honestly, they thought there's... it looked too real, <sighs> well, I, and which it doesn't. At it all. doesn't at all. And like, if you're going to give this movie an X, I mean, you can literally do that from just all the breasts that are exposed in this. Yeah, I mean, if there was like penis, if there if there was like gratuitous, like sexual, like in you know, like really showing it and simulating it, I would agree with them. Yeah, but like the if way you that felt, it's done, it felt real. It's just nudity, and it's just yeah. like 
I mean, yes, it's a, it's a little bit extra nudity. It's, it's extra. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, there's just boobs in every shot, but, um, overall it was just, you know, it was just fun. It was a very fun action movie. Um, also if you're interested in buying this, you can get bullets, bombs, and babes. It's 12 films by Andy Sedaris and uh, hard ticket to Hawaii is on it. It's 24.99 and I can, $24.99. Yeah, $24.99. I would say go to your local FYE and, and find this in the cheap little thing. They yeah. have like a little front stand in these these FYEs. And usually it's like $5 or an up. Yeah, for it's sure. In, it's in there and it's worth the money. Yeah, you can probably find all these movies in the, the dollar. Yeah, at the it's dollar just store. so fun. And you'll also have 11 more movies to laugh at. And I will tell you, each movie gets more increasingly interesting with stars. Uh, he just started getting a pack of interesting people to work in his movies. Pat Morita, um, Eric, Eric <laughs> Danny Estrada. Trejo. Da- uh, Danny Trejo, really? Yeah, he is. Uh, um, there's, you'll just recognize from here on, From this is the second movie in the series. I will also say, though, they're awful. Like, a lot of these <laughs> movies are awful. Uh, the, the ratio of stars I've given these movies of his, I've only seen about five. I would say I gave them twos. Malibu Express, I've given a one. I hated Malibu Express. But the ratio is not good. But it's still like a time capsule for this weird, this this movie producer, this movie director doing this strange thing on his own with his friends. Yeah. And you can tell these are all of his friends that were just hanging out. Yeah. He would use them over and over as the same characters. It all it, it is actually a series. These characters are all in each other's movies. And they mention each other. Yeah. Where's this person? Oh, this person's doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> And some of those people come back. I think uh, Julie Strain starts showing up in a lot of these movies. Yeah. And and shockingly at the time, her husband, Kevin Eastman, anybody out there is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, Kevin Eastman was ma- married to Julie Strain and actually showed up in some of these movies. Yep. Very, very strange. Just to have this weird little grouping of interesting people do these movies for so long. And yep. shocking that he never made it to some, like, success with doing what he was doing i know i I, I really can't believe it maybe because you know I, I a lot of people will look at these movies and be like okay women are just being exploited in this and you know they kind of are but it's not like they they didn't sign up for this you know it's like they knew exactly what they're doing like i said they were playmates that they, they made yeah. this was their career so yeah. and that's what they did for a living so like i mean look at instagram right now that's virtually sure. instagram so yeah. I, I don't understand that so. Yeah, and you know, another thing is like, it, it, you know, they were all super popular in the 80s too, these women. So, you know, they were already in Playboy. They were already, you know. Which made, it's, makes it even more shocking that it wasn't more popular. Right. That and, this movie wasn't bigger. Right. And, you know, they were badass in this. It wasn't like they were just, um, you know, kind of like, you know, just doing what they're told, you know, yeah. the man, the man's in charge bullshit. No, it wasn't like that. They weren't being degraded, you know, by men, if that's, you know, what yeah. you're going for. No, it wasn't like that. They were in charge. These women were kick-ass, yeah. beautiful, you know, in-charge women. Yeah, and so, I think uh, the actress playing Taryn, uh, Taryn yeah. she she went on to be, uh, like, in these movies that we liked. I think this was, like, their first movie, right? Uh, this was her first movie, yes. Which is wild, because she's actually very funny in it, and she's kind of, like... Indeed, she's she's likable in this movie. Yeah, yeah. She I can't is. believe she wasn't in more. She is also in Slumber Party Massacre Three, yep. which is another one I would put on this turkey marathon that I love <laughs> so much. It is yeah. so ridiculous, but God, is it fun! Um, 
she's in that. She showed up as the playmate in the the the, the water people will know from uh, Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, who kills Joey. Yes, she's the nurse she's, that kills Joey. No, not the nurse that kills Joey. Joey doesn't die from the nurse. That's three. Right? No, in, in three. In four, in the waterbed, yeah. the he's got the playmate on the wall he's looking at, and then she comes up by the oh, water. Oh, that's right. That's like, her. Okay, What's you're matter, right. Joey? Having a wet dream? Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> well, that's Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Part yeah. 4. Yeah, that's her. And she showed up in a bunch of other things we've also seen. So she's kind of like one of those people that keeps showing up. Yeah, but she's kind of like an all-star for these movies. We've seen her in a lot of movies. And we kept saying, yeah. I like her. But, you know, it's weird that you didn't, now some of these people didn't get more famous. I know. She, she's awesome. But I kind of love uh, Sidaris putting these people in her, their movies when probably if there were low points. Like later on, we were talking about Pat Morita and uh, Eric Estrada. They show up in a lot of his movies. And at their time, they were probably really making, they were probably needing to get roles and they probably couldn't. Yeah. And he teamed up with these people. And I, I kind of well, love that. It's odd to hear about Pat Morita because during 1987 and that range where these movies were getting made, Pat Morita was fresh off the Karate Kid. Yeah, but he, he didn't have a success. He wasn't getting other movies. He was doing a lot. If you look into his career, he's made a lot of culty movies. He was teaming up with a lot of strange people. Yeah. So it's it's he never got the success that he deserved. That guy. That's true. Um, and he was really funny, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I love to see that somebody like Sidaris was, like, teaming up with them and making these movies with these people. And it makes me really happy to see more of his stuff, yeah. even if it's not good. Just kind of loving the it's fact that fun. giving these people roles, you know? It's fun. It's just fun. I mean, yes, you know, the women will probably be like, all right, enough TNA here, you know? Like, oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't know any women personally. I, I have a lot of guy friends, but I don't know any women personally that would sit and watch this movie and not, not be like completely annoyed by it. Really? Okay. You know, like, I mean, we have some, we know a, a, one girl in particular who would probably be like, oh, come on, you know, like they just don't want to watch something mm. like that with all the boobs out. And yeah. Stuff, you know, we've seen, we, I think we watched this for the first time with our group of friends who we watch movies with like this. Mm -hmm. And I think we have one friend that's a girl in the group. And mm -hmm. I thought she was really laughing during this one too and said, this one was great. I mean, during some of the scenes that were, like, ridiculous, you know, with the motorcycle and, you know, the snake yeah. and all that stuff. But, you know, I think at one point she did say, she, yeah. like, oh, you know, so many, why, why do we need all this? Interesting. You know? Yeah, I, I feel bad. Uh, like, I also, if people feel uncomfortable, I don't I hate that. But I, I, I just enjoy this flick. I really do. I think it's so much fun. Now, I guess we should get to the end where we're talking about rating it. So that's something funny now because I, we found out something as we were watching this again. I said, you said, what did you give this movie? Oh, it's a five. Like, this is a five. It, it elevates, I constantly keep saying this, I'm, I guess I should keep saying it for people who haven't listened to all the episodes. I rate every movie on a scale of one to ten, and I usually go, what's my favorite, what's my worst? And Malibu Express is on that one for me. I, I just do not like it. I did not like it. But this one, of course, it's bad. It's got problems. It's got bad uh, editing, the plot is insane. There's not much going on. A lot of it doesn't make sense. It's so batshit crazy, but it elevates it because it's so bad it's good. Mm -hmm. And I can't stop having fun during it. And the fact that they did an action movie and that all they needed to do was make an action movie, but also threw in a subplot of a killer snake yes. gives them props. Yes. And it goes up to five. 
it, this is probably a three or a four, and it went up to a five. Okay, well, I, I changed my review. I gave it a six. I'm giving it a six. Wow, you really I like it that much. I love this movie. I could literally watch this movie and not miss, like, you know, not, it's just like, I, I won't, it'll hold up for me. It'll All right, hold so, up. so then that comes to the next question here, what we're doing as we go along this month. We only have one more movie this month. Okay. We've watched, this is four. Yes. We've watched Godzilla vs. Megalon. Miami Connection, Maximum Overdrive, and this. So now what's the ranking? Okay. Best to worst. The best to worst? Okay. You've now given this a six. What did you give Miami Connection? Okay, I gave Miami Connection a six also. Wow, okay. They're all pretty much all fives for me. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to say it, it'll go best to worst being Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Is best. Miami Connection. Oh, okay. Godzilla versus Megalon and Maximum, and maximum Overdrive. Yes, that's the way I rank. I'm. This is tough for me. Maximum Overdrive is the worst of the bunch so far, without a doubt. That movie was terrible. It didn't live up to that fun that I had as a child, no. but it is still fun. It is also like the special effects are interesting. Yeah, I still enjoy Godzilla versus Megalon, but. This one really comes down to right now a showdown between Miami Connection and Hard Ticket to Hawaii. There's specific reasons I want to watch both again. Like I would watch both. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, for sure. But I think I'm going with your ranking so far. Oh. I think a Hard Ticket to Hawaii might be the best of what we've watched this time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I do. Mean, think about it. I I could. Here's the funniest part about this. I like Miami Connection a lot too, and I and I've watched Godzilla vs Megalon so many times, and it's a comfort food for me. I can literally just sit down and watch it. Yeah. On a rainy day, I can watch. There's a few movies I can watch Godzilla vs Megalon. I don't know if I'm running to watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii in Miami Connection that day, but out of the ones with the most enjoyment, yep. This is a toss up. The two are really really close. For me, Miami Connection. And I mean, they are very close, but I mean, Hard Ticket to Hawaii gets pushed over because of the absurdity. I mean, yes, Miami Connection did have a, an obscene amount of absurdity, but um, Hard Ticket gets elevated because number one, you can understand the dialogue without subtitles. Um, number two, I think you can understand. There's just... so many like fun explosions and fight scenes and silliness. Um, the subplot is absurd and ridiculous and fun. You know, there's beautiful people to look at. It's just fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's and a that's fun movie. One of the highlights. The I can break it down very easily. Hard to get to Hawaii, like you said. Beautiful people to look at. Yeah. But it's the blow up doll scene, the snake, and the frisbee scene. Yep. And, the, the, and the motorcycle, the motorcycle scene was great when he came through the. Well, that all ties to the snake. Yeah. So anything to do with the snake is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, those are the reasons why I think I'm that that's a little more. This one's a little more elevated. Yeah. But it's a it's a it's a close tie. But yeah. So all right. Yep. We have one more movie left in our Turkey Fest of 2022. <laughs> not wait. And we're saving our favorite for last. Yep, we are. Don't, and we have a lot better word. ones. And I. I Hopefully, people have listened to this and enjoying it a little bit of our ridiculous picks for turkeys. <laughs> and I would love to do this again next year and then combine and rate and rank 
mm-hmm. what movies we're doing this time to next time because I have some ready that I think are better than oh, the ones wow. we've already okay. watched. So, right. well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So yeah, one more left. Thanks for listening. If you're coming along with this journey and you're hopefully you're enjoying it, so all I can say is thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. Have a good one. snake come from Would you believe up through the toilet just when you thought it was safe to take a pee <laughs>